must say, the weather here is better than the weather, weather in Auckland. Always. It's hard to think the hurricanes won. No, it's not. Right. Do you know what I used to say back in the day? I used to say, I spit on the hurricanes. I know. God showed me, didn't he? Anyway. Um, no, congratulations to the Hurricanes team. It's awesome. Do you need a Do you need a seat? Are you going to be all right standing? He's young. Yeah, you can stand for ages, right? Are you the kind of guy that would wait in line for like the latest iPhone? Okay, never mind. All right, <laughs> just movies. Well, this morning, um, I just want to honour the Holy Spirit, honour His presence. Um, yeah, I really felt it this morning when uh, the plane landed. I just thought, this is home. Um, and the Holy Spirit's here just to minister into your hearts. Um, I've just felt in the last month just a, a new excitement for prayer, a new excitement in my relationship with God. And I just pray that this morning you would have a new excitement for who who uh, who your who your father is, who your heavenly father is. Maybe you didn't have a great dad, uh, natural dad, but I just want to tell you this morning that your heavenly father is interested in every detail of your life. He chose you. You didn't choose him. He actually chose you. It says in John fifteen, and I just pray this morning that your hearts would be open and that you would receive God's word. So this morning we're going to have a bit of scripture, which is awesome because without God's word, I don't think I'd be able to function in life. Um, I always say to um, my kids, it's an awesome thing that I'm a Christian because if I wasn't a Christian, I'd be an awful mother, an awful wife. Um, just a terrible person in general. And I just really thank the Lord that He chose me for this time, for this space, for just, uh, He chose me. And, and for me, that's a huge deal, that God chose you. Uh, tonight, I'm going to talk about that more. But this morning, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would really speak to you. So Father, right now, we honour you. Lord, we thank you that your presence is here. Lord, I thank you that you love us. And Father, right now, I thank you for every life, every family represented in this room. For those things that we're anxious about, that we're worried about, Lord, we give it up to you right now. Father, we thank you that your word says that as we cast our cares on you. It says you care for us. You care. You're concerned. So Lord, right now we cast every care on you. Lord, I thank you for prayers that have been prayed this week, today, this morning. Lord, I thank you for the prayers that were even prayed before we were even born that concerned our life. Father, we thank you that we're walking in those prayers today. And Father, for the prayers of people that, we, that we're praying for that don't know you yet. Lord, I thank you, Father, that's going to come to fruition in Jesus' name. Amen.
So this morning, I want to talk about uh, following Jesus, but I, I really felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to talk about comparison. And this is an, uh, a subject that is probably everyone's, uh, I don't know, unhealthy comparison is everyone's nemesis. We think we don't do it, but we do. You know, this morning when we came in, we look at someone's car, we go, that's a nice car. What are you making there? You're making a comparison. But it's when you get to the point where, I, I want that car. Like, I really want that car. Like, God, why did you give me this useless car? Or maybe you're sitting at work and uh, you hear over here uh, a workmate say, oh, I just got a pay rise. Are you the person that is happy for that person? Or are you like inside your head going, that could have been me. Gee, thanks, God. What a ripoff. Or maybe you're a mum or you're a dad and uh, your kid comes home from school and says, oh, I didn't get that, that award that I was going for. I didn't get that, uh, that position in the team. And you're sitting there going, what is going on? My kid is better than that. You know, you, you stand on the sidelines. I stand on the sidelines of netball. And I don't know what's going on, but you know. But you hear parents shouting out to their kids. There are some that are over the top like, Ref, you're useless. What are you doing? That's a dumb call. And you hear parents going on and on. And you see the kids' faces like, really, mum and dad, can you stay home? Because I just want to enjoy the game. And this morning, I want our minds and our hearts to realize how God has wired us. This morning, I want you to be thankful and grateful for how He created you. There's a saying that uh, I remember hearing a preacher say years ago about staying in your lane. You know, when you're driving and, and, and you see, like for me, I'm terrible. If I look at something else and I'm driving, I start to veer towards that, that object. And sometimes we can do that in life where God's saying, hey, stay in your lane. Don't compare your life to another person's life. I've created you for this particular purpose. And so right now, I just want to read to you John 21, 18 to 22. And uh, this is Jesus talking to his disciples and um, he's talking to Peter. Uh, this is verse 18 of chapter 21. I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself, you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. You will stretch out your hands. You will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said, to the, said, to the, uh, Jesus said this, to let him know what kind of death he would, he would glorify God. Then Jesus said, uh, Jesus told him, follow me. So he's talking to Peter, excuse me. Peter turned around and saw them behind the disciple of Jesus. Oh, Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple who loved Jesus. The one who had leaned over to Jesus during the supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, 
If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So the rumor spread among the community of believers that this disciple wouldn't die. But that isn't what Jesus said at all. He said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Now in that whole passage, it talks about, so uh, Jesus is talking to Peter saying, hey, um, basically, Peter, this is what's going to happen to you in the future. You're going to die. You're going to die a horrible death. Well, he didn't say it like that, but basically he was prophesying what would happen to Peter. And then Peter's like, but what about John? And Jesus is saying, well, you know, what happens to John is what will happen to John. That's not up to you. And I really feel that, you know, in life, when we compare and we're staying in our lane, when our focus or our attention comes off Jesus, when we start to look at the person next to us, it's like, what about them, God? I thought I was a bit better than John because he's a bit soft. But it shouldn't be your concern. We're called to love. We're called to be a blessing to our brother, a blessing to our sister. You see, Jesus was like, hey, Peter, just chill. I'm in control. You don't need to worry about John. Just know this is what your purpose is. Your purpose is you're going to die. But you're going to die a death that I died. And in Second Peter, um, Peter realizes that the kind of death that he is going to undertake, similar to Jesus, it was like, man, I'm not worthy of this. That I would be in a place where I would die like my Savior. But Peter realizes this is my call. This is my purpose. I don't need to look at the person next to me and think, what about them? We do that in life, don't we? We go, what about that person? Oh, that person's sinning worse than me. What about that person, Lord? And Jesus says towards the end, what is that to you? Basically, mind your own business. (laughs) Mind your own business. When you compare, when there's an unhealthy comparison, you're too aware. You're too aware of the people around you. And it's interesting how the enemy or how our minds try to distract us from the call of God. How do you fall into a comparison boat? How do you fall into the comparison game? And I'm talking about unhealthy comparison. There's a healthy comparison. Um, I know uh, four weeks ago, I I took a break from doing exercise because I thought, I'll be all right, you know. And, uh, And I kept on getting tagged in Facebook, all these fitness things. And I'm like, what? I'm too old for this. You know, that's my excuse. And, um, so my friend said, oh, come on, you need to do it. We haven't seen you in four weeks. And I'm like, okay. So I went on Friday. And uh, now this is a healthy comparison, I think. There was a mum who had a, a six-year-old baby and, you know, 
and the, the baby's waiting and we're doing exercise. She's doing like 10 million push-ups. I'm lying on the floor going, God, I need you, help me. Anyway, so I'm going, God, if she can do it, I can do it. When you compare, when it's healthy, you're encouraged. When it's unhealthy, you're discouraged and you just want them to hurt, right? And when you fall into the unhealthy comparison game, it's like Luke 15, the older brother. And in that story, I just want to read verse 25 to 31. Does this sound like anyone? I've been there. Verse 25 of Luke 15, it says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working when, when he returned home. He heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, What's going on? Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet, when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, as I look at that person, it's like Peter saying, but what about John? You celebrate by killing the fattened calf? His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he, he is found. It's funny with sibling rivalry. I'm one of three. Um, I'm the youngest, which is, you know, sometimes you go, oh, the youngest child, they don't do anything. And... Uh, but I can understand where the older brother is coming from. We've all been the older, older brother, right? Or the older sister, where you're just like, God, it's not fair. Like, I've done so much. And you, you have a party for this one person who treated you like rubbish. And then I think about Romans 5, 8, where it says that why, while we were still sinning, while we were still sinning against God, putting our fists towards Him, while we were still gambling, while we were still lying, while we were still, you know, uh, partying up, doing drugs, while we were just uh, turning our life, our face against God, He sent His Son, Jesus. While we were still, in, while we were still doing that, it says He loved us and died for us. To me, I, I don't understand that. And then I do because I think, man, we've got a heavenly Father, like I said before, who loves us. I want you to get this. The older brother couldn't, couldn't celebrate his younger brother coming home. You look at Mary and Martha, two sisters, Right? Mary's at the feet of Jesus. Martha is in the kitchen slaving around going, oh my goodness, can you just get up? 
I understand Mary too. I've been Mary. I've been the one sitting there not doing the dishes, right? We've all been Mary. And yet Jesus said to Martha, Mary chose the right thing. There are some things in life that don't make sense. There are some things in life where we go, God, I don't get it. I've done so much. I've, I've measured. I've measured my progress. I've done so much for you, God. But yet you don't notice. You notice the hurting person, God. They haven't done that much for you. But I've done this much. Like, God, this doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense. But that's where the grace and the love of God takes over. Can you celebrate when someone gets a promotion? Can you celebrate when someone has a child and you can't have a child? Can you celebrate? Can you celebrate? Can you have a party when it's not your party and you're waiting for your party? Maybe you're, you're preparing for that celebration when your brother, I have this brother, a, a real brother, I have this brother that I've, that I've been praying for and I'm like, God, I'm preparing, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing. But when I see someone else's brother, do I go, man, God, like hurry up. Like, I'm in the line, God. I've already prayed for my brother. And God's like, no, it's not like that. Keep praying. Keep celebrating. Keep celebrating with others when they, when they come home. And I'm like, okay, God. Can you celebrate? There's been moments where, you know, um, when, you, when you lead a church and you, you talk with other pastors and maybe you've just met them and they go, oh, so how many people go to your church? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't count. <laughs> Ask my husband, I don't know how many people. And, and, and there's an insecurity inside of me that goes, oh man, I don't know if I've done enough. God, I, I, I just need to do this and that. I need to I need to slave, I need to, I need to serve, I need to do this, I need to do that. And God's like, excuse me, you're my daughter, you're my child. You don't need to prove anything to anyone. Since when have I asked you to measure your life? Since when have I asked you to, to prove yourself or to please people? And God will always remind me, you're here for the audience of one. You're here to impress God, not man. Because when you impress me, you impress man. That's the thing. I am your child, God. I went to a conference uh, two weeks ago, and a guy named Leif Hetland spoke. And he talked about the importance of who you are in Christ who you are as a child of God. You're not living for God, but you're living from God. See, I'm representing my Father. I'm not trying to gain His, gain his approval. I'm not trying to, you know, God, I, I'll do this and I know you'll be happy with me. That's not how God works. See, the perfect family for God was Adam and Eve. And until they listened to the deceiver, until they did that, God was like, you already had an A plus. 
You didn't need to do an assignment. I gave you the A+. I gave you my approval. I gave you my love. But somehow, because we listen to voices that's not God, we lose our identity in Christ. Can you celebrate? Can you celebrate? 2 Corinthians 10, 12, in the New King James Version, it says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. In James 3.14, it says, if you are wise, because it says if you compare yourself, you're not wise. So James 3.14, it says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. God, we need your wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, Don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. We need to close the door to jealousy. We need to close the door to that selfish ambition in our hearts. And, and I, I just want to share with you, I remember years ago, um, we did an album at church and I was in the music team and I thought I was pretty awesome. I was like, I can sing in tune. And when it came to them picking like the singers, I didn't get picked. And I, I know, like breaking news. Anyway, But in that moment, God had to really deal with my attitude. I was getting jealous. And when you become jealous, I remember saying to Sam, oh man, I can't even listen to the album. Ugh, it sounds terrible. They sound flat. And I, you know, I started saying stuff that I was like, man, Kathy, it's like the devil is talking out of your mouth. And I remember just being so jealous and going, God, this is a really awful feeling. Really horrible. Like, you do it, but you don't want to do it. And I remember saying to God, God, okay, I didn't get picked. I'm not that awesome. You know, I started going, oh, I'm terrible. Oh, I'm not worthy. I'm so useless. And God's like, no, this just, just wasn't your turn. I was like, cool. It's awesome. But it took me a long time. And I remember coming to Creative Ministries, you know, the music team, and sitting there going, just my attitude was so bad. And God was saying, Kathy, is it about you? Is it really about you? And I was like, God, I've got this talent. Like, seriously, God, I could be on X Factor. And he's like, whatever, just going to get rid of that pride and I really felt humbled I just went God I have this jealousy in my life that I need to get rid of and uh, and it took me to Genesis 4 where Cain and Abel 
They were brothers as well. See, all this sibling rivalry in the Bible, it's like, wow, better than the movies. And, uh, and um, Cain was so jealous of Abel. He was jealous because God chose his offering. He loved his offering, Abel's offering. And uh, the jealousy and the anger inside of him was waiting. It says in Genesis 4 that sin was crouching at the door. And uh, there are some things in your life that need to come out. When pressure comes, when, when the thing that you love so much doesn't come to fruition, there's sin crouching at the door. And for me, when that opportunity came, it was like, Kathy, are you going to open the door to jealousy and let it in your life and ruin your life? Like seriously, when you, when you invite stuff like that into your life, when you're jealous, you start to think, no, oh, that person's not that good. You start to make comments like that. And then you start to, your language is so bitter that people don't want to be around you. So can you celebrate when someone else gets chosen, when someone else gets picked? And God had to deal with it. I just had to say, sorry, God, this is awful, but I, I, I want to shut the door to jealousy. I want to shut the door to anger. I really need to because I'm not loving this person right now. I'm not loving me right now. And it says, if you don't love yourself, how can you love your brother? And so God had to deal with that whole area in my life where I just had to love myself. Say, okay, God, I love myself, all right? I love who you've called me to be. I love that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you, God. I know I wasn't picked, but it was for a reason. And it brought me to my knees. And I can say today, it made me a better person. It did make me a better person because I was like, okay, God, it's all about you. It's not about me. But it is also about you because he chose you. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 to 26, it says that we are, we are a body of many parts. You've got to realize that nobody has it all together. Nobody has it all together. You can look at somebody's life somebody's highlights on Facebook and think, man, they've got it all good. But who in their right mind would post their worst day on Facebook? Nobody does. You know, oh, look at me. I just had a car accident. Ha, ah, it's awesome. Look at me. My house got burnt down. Look at me. I'm having a fight with my husband. Look at this photo. Look at me. I'm dragging my kids into the car. Look at me. I'm just, you know, like, shut up. Look at my video. I'm like, shut up, kids. No one posts that because, like, no one wants to see it. Nobody wants to see it. That's why you post nice things. Scriptures, you know, coffee cups with the Bible on Instagram. People at the beach lying there and it's, oh, it's so beautiful. And you go, oh, man, I want that life. That's envy. You want to covet someone's life? You don't know the... You see them on their best day, but have you seen them on their worst day? So I just want to encourage you. You have a good life. 
Maybe you're sitting there going, no, I don't, Kathy. My life sucks. Seriously, it's going to get better. Thank God. Now, this is the key. This is the key to not comparing yourself with your brother or your sister. This is the key. Be thankful. Be thankful. I want to challenge you today. Think of five things, at least five things that you can be thankful for. Maybe it's your spouse. Thank you, God, that you gave me a good-looking spouse. Amen. That's right, Patty. Thank God for your beautiful children. Even if they do your head in, right? Thank God for them. I just want to finish with, um, how long have I got? Five minutes? Fifteen? Okay, I just want to finish with uh, a testimony about my family. I've got three daughters, and I shared before about my daughter, uh, Michaela. She's 15. She got a scholarship uh, last year, a netball scholarship, and it was a real miracle. It's in a, a really good school, public, uh, private school. And because uh, we were like, God, we're not in zone for any school, really, where we're living, and we need a miracle. So God came through, and we got a scholarship, and it was a real miracle. Like, seriously, people were going, how did you get an equal scholarship for your daughter? And I was like, well, it's God, not, not us. And I shared about the interview that my daughter gave, and it was, because I was sitting there going, it's a complete miracle, because her answers were like, I just thought, oh man, God, seriously, Michaela, this is like your life, anyway. Uh, so she got this Nepal scholarship, and we have a daughter, Ruby, and she's uh, starting high school next year. And so she said to me, Mum, do you think God would do the same thing for me? And at that moment, I went, she's a good netballer, but she's probably different to her sister. And for years, you know, as siblings do, they compare, compare each other and say who's better at this and who's better at that. And um, I had a conversation with my daughter and she said, Mom, if we pray, will God do it? And I remember sitting there going, I don't know if God will do the same thing, but let's believe. And so we prayed, and uh, this year uh, we went for the netball scholarship, and uh, we were praying, and then everyone was like, oh, she'll probably get it. So she she uh, she went for the test. They had to do a three-hour fitness test and all this stuff. And uh, two weeks later, we get a letter and I thought, oh, I haven't seen that kind of letter before. And so I go to the mailbox, get the mail, and Ruby's really excited. And we open it up, and it's a rejection letter. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, man, I've got to try and be positive. And so I said, Ruby, guess what? And she said, what, did I get it? And I went, no. But God must have another plan for you. And she just said, Mom, why is it when Michaela prays, God answers her straight away? But then when I pray, is God deaf? 
And I remember she cried. It was just awful. When you're a parent and your kids get rejected over anything, it's just like, oh, because it's your kid. And uh, I remember just sitting there crying with her because I was so gutted for her. And um, and then I rang Sam and I said, look, she didn't get it. And he talked to her about the story of Joseph in the Bible in Genesis, how uh, Joseph had dreams and then had to go through the process of God testing his character, all these things happening. And and I could tell my daughter was just sitting there going, and I just said, Ruby, God answers us differently. And she said, Mom, I just don't get it. And I said, if you can celebrate, I said, Ruby, this is a time where you can celebrate with your sister all the good things in her life. And I said, come on, we're going to do that for three weeks. We're going to celebrate with Michaela. Whatever she does, you're going to celebrate with her. I know it's hard. You're going to celebrate with her. And she was like, okay, it's really hard, Mum. It's really hard. I said, I know, but God sees your heart. He knows you're hurting, but he also knows that there's something better for you. And so I'm like, God, please come through. So we were looking at other schools and we were sending out application forms. And I was like, God, I thank you. You're going to answer my daughter's prayer. So anyway, three weeks later, I get a phone call from Michaela's old netball coach and just said, oh, hi, how are you? And it was so random. She said, oh, um, I'm just ringing up to say hi and that I got a new position. And I went, oh, cool. And she said, I'm the new head of admissions at Michaela's school. And I went, oh, okay. And she said to me, I saw Ruby's rejection letter. And I went, oh, okay. And she said, and I took it to the principal and I said, is there any other way we could get your daughter, get this girl into school? Because she's from a good family. Her sister's amazing, blah, blah. So the, so the head of admissions, she's the new head of admissions. It's so random because I'm like, netball and then head of admissions. Anyway, and she said to me, look, I'm going to do what I can to get your daughter into the school. And I went, wow. So she said, look, it's not going to be a netball scholarship, but it's going to be another type of scholarship. But she said, look, no pressure on your daughter for netball. And I just thought, isn't God good? Here my daughter is comparing herself, her netball skills to her older sister, who she looks up to, who she thinks is awesome, And she's like, I couldn't compare. But God's saying, I've got another another avenue for you. And so we filled in the application and she, she rang me and said, the principal said, you've got the scholarship and it's not a netball one. And uh, when we told Ruby, she said to me, do you know I knew God was going to answer me, but it was going to be in a different way. And maybe you're here this morning and you've seen other people prosper. You've seen other people get blessed. And there have been moments in your life where you're like, okay, God, I want that. But maybe, just maybe, there's another purpose for you. Maybe, just maybe, it's 
another way, another, a different answer. It's an answer, but it's not the same answer as the person next to you. So I just want to pray this morning for everyone. Just close your eyes, bow your heads. Father, we thank you that, God, you do answer. You do hear our prayers. Lord, forgive us where we've compared, where, where we have evaluated or re-evaluated or just try to put down what you've created. God, where it's been ourselves, where we've said we're not good enough, we don't measure, we don't measure up. But Father, I thank you that when we look to you, that nothing compares to you, that you're a perfect Father, you're a good Father, you're a good God. And I just pray for everyone in this room where there's been comparisons, unhealthy comparisons made, whether it's been through looking at someone else's job, looking at someone else's marriage, looking at someone else's house or, or possessions. Father, I pray that this morning we would stay in our lane, that, God, we would give thanks for what you've given us. In Jesus' name, thank you, God, for your presence. So right now, I want you, with your eyes shut, to thank him. Thank him. Thank Him for what, you've, what He's given you. Thank Him for your eyes, your, your, your nose. Thank Him for the little things, but also thank Him for the big things in your life. Thank Him for where you're at right now, but thank you for, thank God for where you're going to be. Thank Him for the purpose in your life. Thank Him for the amazing church family you have here. Thank Him for your pastors. Lord, we thank you for for Jordan and Chrissy. Lord, we thank you for their family. And Father, we bless them in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for the many blessings that you're going to pour on their life. And Father, we celebrate with them, Lord God. We celebrate with every person in this room. We celebrate partial victories. We celebrate full victories right now. And in Jesus' name, we thank you, God. So begin to thank Him. Let's just stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.